Hey guys, thanks for tuning in again to the LCR Media Podcast. I'm your host, LCR Naylor Taliaferro. And on today's uh, bite-sized, I almost said it, today's bite-sized piece episode here, uh, I just wanted to focus on, I just, I, I couldn't keep you guys waiting any longer. I just wanted to talk a little bit more in depth about the new truck, my second truck that I just got. So So stay tuned for that. I did want to say also, I think on a previous episode, I was talking about, oh, you know, I'm I'm losing my voice or whatever, or my voice is a little raspy from, you know, we went to Universal Studios for for Christmas break and all that, and we had a good time, and I I, I screamed my head off just like everybody else. But it appears that I actually came down with a little, little sickness here, a little cold or whatever, which is really frustrating because... Those of you that have been following along, this time last year is the only other time that I've been sick in the last eight going on nine years since I actually left retail to start my own business. Surprisingly enough, or maybe not surprisingly enough, it was less stressful to start my own business and become an entrepreneur in law and landscape than in retail management. I was so stressed out and sleep deprived and whatever. My life was just a hot mess, especially towards the end there where I just literally, well, I was on a verge of a mental breakdown and put in my two weeks notice that, you know, I was, I was just sick all the time. Like my immune system was just, was just terrible. And I was just sick all the time, multiple times a year. I would start out with a cold and then turn to sinus infection or bronchitis or laryngitis or strep throat double ear infection, sometimes multiple of those things all at once. One time I got pneumonia, like, and I would just work through all this stuff. You know, I got the flu a couple times. It was a mess. So just, just, I say all that to say that it's very frustrating because I'm not used to being sick. You know, I used to pride myself in not being sick and how that, and how that had has to have correlated to all of the stress. And now, even though it's still stressful to be a business owner, you know, entrepreneur, starting something from scratch and, you know, building it and all the ups and downs that go along with that. And especially when you go through black swan events like a pandemic or economic crisis, things that are completely out of your control and not planned or expected, you know, that's obviously very stressful, you know? Uh, so it's not like I'm stress-free by any means. And then of course there's personal things, you know, my family and my kids growing up and, you know, whatever issues they have as they're growing up, you know, as a parent, you know, you kind of live through those issues with them and, you know, oh, they, you, they broke up with their boyfriend or girlfriend that, you know, that they've had for however many years and they're heartbroken or, you know, they, they got bad grades or this or that, or they're sick or, you know, like so many, so many uh, parental things and, and life things that that adds to your, you know, your, your sadness and stress as a parent and, a, and an adult as well. So, I mean, all that, of course, adds stress, but it seemed like because I was still, I was less, it was still less stress than when I was in retail management. And I just, I was doing, I was and am doing something that I enjoy and obviously being outside in the fresh air and, and doing a lot of physical work. So all that exercise all that helps, you know, I, I have been eating a lot healthier over the last eight, nine years than whatever junk I would get at the mall food court all the time or whatever fast food I'd go get down the street on my, you know, lunch breaks or whatever. Whenever I worked in retail management for all those years, you know, I would pack lunch too sometimes, but you know, it, it was just a, a, a lethal cocktail really, you know, all those years, 15 years of that. So changing all of that, eating better, sleeping better, just overall being happier about my life decisions and having, feeling like I have more control over my life, being able to think properly, just really focus on, on doing things, you know, right and, and exciting and implementing ideas. All that just keeps you in a more positive, energetic state than, you know, uh, than how I was in retail management. So all of that combined, I believe contributed to me not being sick for so long. And last year I got sick because I got COVID like everybody else seems like has gotten or will get at some point, you know, some version of it, unfortunately. I mean, it's basically just like the flu and it's, it's, you know, bad, uh, good or bad, 
you know, um, versions, you know, better or worse versions is what I'm trying to say there uh, of it. Uh, you know, so it's going to affect everyone differently as well. Everyone's immune systems and so on. But, you know, that was, that's what got me last year. You know, I mean, the whole time, you know, eight, almost eight years I went without getting a single sniffle or a sore throat, or if I did, it was for like an hour or half of a day and never turned into anything else. It was able to just be nipped in the bud immediately. So last year we went on another uh, Christmas vacation last year, similar, you know, area. Um, and, I got sick. I got COVID. My whole family did it. You know, it was a mess. And, um, you know, it is what it is. Right. And here I am again. <clears throat> I don't have COVID, but I, I'm definitely feeling a little under the weather. So say all that to say, that's why I feel like I sound a little more like nasally or whatever, like a little congested here. So I just wanted to throw the elephant out of the room there. And, um, also, you know, I feel like I just, I just shared a little bit more about me and stress and, you know, my life and how I made positive changes in my life and all that, you know, I know sometimes that's helpful for folks just to kind of fill in some gaps about, you know, where I came from, my story, if you're new to listening to me or, you know, or if maybe you're kind of going through this yourself and I can maybe help be a, you know, positive force to, to help encourage you through this tough time. So, so back to where I'm at with the truck, I, excuse me, I got a second truck and all of the, my thinking for the years and years that like literally so many years I've been thinking about getting a second truck. Um, I don't remember if I briefly touched upon this in an earlier uh, episode, but I'll just briefly say, you know, back when I, the first truck that I got when I started my business was an F-150. It was a used F-150. I had a Jeep Compass that was what I was driving before I started my lawn care business. And I started my lawn care business with that part-time and just put, you know, the uh, my Husqvarna mower and Ryobi hand trimmer and blower. And like I think I did say recently, and, you know, put that in the in the, in the the back, the trunk, the hatchback of the, the Jeep. And I would knock out like six or seven yards a week, whenever I could squeeze them in, in between work, you know, my one or two days off, however much I was able to muster up. And, and that was pretty much it. And, um, that's kind of what gave me the motivation to think that I could really make something out of this. If I had enough time and went full time and just quit retail and went all in. And then when I did that the following year, after one year of part-time, I, you know, when I was searching constantly for trucks, used trucks, of course, because I, I was, you know, had a very tight budget and I was just trying to be as economical as possible. And I really just wanted to, you know, I went to like CarMax or something to get the value of my Jeep, which was worth, you know, a decent amount. I think it was worth like six or 7,000 at that time. So I'm like, all right, you know, I'm looking for trucks for like, you know, around the same amount or less, you know, or maybe a little bit more at the most, but, you know, just around that general uh, uh, amount. And, you know, I found an F-150 that was a little bit less than that. I traded in my Jeep Compass for that F-150. It was, you know, a, a, a 1999. And at that time it was 2014. Uh, so, you know, that was, it was what, 15 year old truck had over 200,000 miles on it or no, it had like 180 something mi thousand miles on it. And all my research for that engine, the Triton engine for that model Ford F-150, people were saying once it gets to like 250 mile, thousand miles, it starts getting a little squirrely. So I'm like, all right, I got I got a little less than, you know, a hundred thousand miles to go here. I mean, I'm, I'm good. This thing should last me for years. I mean, I'm just going to be driving around the local neighborhoods, um, you know, cutting grass and doing landscaping projects as I build my company. It'll be a great first vehicle to, to start my business and, and then grow from there, you know, and I knew I was going to need to get something else to replace it. So that's what I had. I had the, the F-150 and I did so much with it. It lasted me five years on the fifth year. I could just tell that it just wasn't, you know, some little things here and there were starting to go wrong with it, that I had to keep, it was in the shop, started being in the shop more and more. I had to keep renting U-Haul pickup trucks just so I can keep getting my, my work done throughout the week. And I just, I kind of had a feeling that it was uh, on, a, on a, 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 a fast decline and I didn't want it to fall apart. So I was just like, you know, I think I really need to look into a second vehicle or yeah, a second vehicle. I wasn't trying to look for another vehicle. I just wanted to get a second vehicle. Even though I had no crew leader, I only had one or two part-timers at the time, but that was always the plan. I was hopeful that I could, you know, quickly find a, a crew leader 
quickly, meaning like, you know, within the next year or so. And I could just, you know, utilize the two trucks the way most people would when they have a crew leader. You know, a crew leader takes one truck with the crew and you as the owner can take the truck and, and do whatever, you know, more work, you know, with, with another part-timer or two, or if you're just doing something by yourself, whether you're just doing quotes, following up on properties, um, you know, issues, uh, treating yards, whatever it is, all the above, right? You know, daily driver, all that kind of stuff. So I just had all those goals and visions in, in mind. And, you know, I, I just, I never found the crew leader um, around that time. You know, I went, or even up to this point, I've, I've kind of had some inconsistent potential crew leaders that have, you know, been short lived. Um, so I still never really had a need for a second truck, but I did ultimately buy a second truck. I got a Ram, a used Ram 1500. Um, it was a few years uh, old at the time that I got it. And it only had like 40 something thousand miles on it, I believe. And, you know, it was, it was another work truck, but it was basically the same as the F-150, right? It, it was, you know, it was the, the, the Hemi. It was a, a little bit bigger, more powerful engine than the old Triton F-150 engine at that time, but still it wasn't like a huge upgrade. It was a slight upgrade. So it's not like it was going to take my business very much further, but I knew I could now depend on that as the main truck, kind of like getting a second mower and your main mower becomes like the backup slash second mower, which is what I've also done. Uh, you know, you get your new mower and that becomes your new main mower. So you can kind of reduce the hours on the older mower. So same thing. I wanted to reduce the, the miles on the older truck, but you know, it, so it just kind of was, it just kind of sat around a lot though, unfortunately. And I just kind of used it sometimes when it was quick to just get in, get in the F-150, you know, throw the spreader in the back with a bunch of fertilizer or pre-emergen or whatever I was doing at that time of the season and just run out and treat yards. So I don't have to worry about hooking up the trailer or I would just like leave the other truck hooked up to the trailer or whatever. So it, it did make it a little convenient for that since I, you know, the F-150 was paid off immediately when I traded it in. So it's not like I was paying for it to just sit in a parking lot, parking spot. It was the other, the newer truck that I was, you know, paying a monthly payment for because I financed it like most people do when they uh, buy a, a new truck or a slightly used truck because it's, you know, they're, they're pretty expensive. You know, not, most people don't have twenty five, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 just sitting around in the bank waiting for a rainy day. I mean, some people do and that's fantastic, but it's not always everyone and it's not always all the time and whatever. It takes a lot of planning and discipline and all that kind of stuff. But so the majority of the folks finance it like I did for that truck. Hey friends, Mr. Producer here, and I've been listening to Naylor emphasize route density on his podcast for over a year now, and I've encouraged him to take all this material and create a masterclass to put all of his knowledge in one place and share it with you. This is going to be a live three-week course. Nothing's pre-recorded. You'll have access to group live streams and one-on-ones with Naylor. Every session ends with action steps that you can implement right away in your business. Plus, you'll get a copy of the session recordings emailed to you. Hey, if you want to learn how to make $1,000 all the way up to $3,000 a day in lawn maintenance through route density, then you need to click the link in the episode description. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. So I wanted to have that truck be working as much as possible, also because I wanted to take the hours off the other truck. So ultimately, it just kind of seemed like not the best situation because the F-150 just wasn't really being utilized as much as I was hoping, didn't find a crew leader around that time, and then the engine on the F-150 started leaking. So I'm like, man, you know... I guess it's time to go. You know, I brought it to the, to the mechanic and they're like, yeah, you know, this, this truck has seen its last day here. I mean, the, the hole, there's no, there's no fixing a hole in, in an engine. It's just only going to get bigger over time. So you might as well get, get whatever use out of it you can and then get rid of it, you know, for, for scrap parts or something. Or, um, you know, even if we replace this engine with a used engine, it's still going to be more than what the truck is even worth at this point anymore. So I was like, man, and it was like getting close to 250,000 miles anyway. So I guess true to form of my Google searches or research, you know, that I looked up, you know, prior to that, it makes sense, you know, that it, it kind of lived up to its hype and it lasted me five good years, more than I had thought. Honestly, I was just hoping for a couple of years, just kind of get me started just so I can get things moving forward. But it lasted me five years before I even really thought about strongly thinking about getting another truck. Um, but I didn't like trade it in. I just, I wanted that to be my second truck. So that, that all was not successful. Really that truck, you know, the engine was leaking. I'm like, great, whatever. But then I thought to myself, well, 
since I can't find a crew leader anyway at this particular moment in time, and I'm not really utilizing two trucks, you know, what am I going to do? Like, why don't I just trade? And, and, and both the trucks are the same class, same, you know, non-heavy duty, you know, grocery getters, you know, as people like to say, uh, trucks, even though they are good trucks and they're, and they're work trucks and people use them all the time for work trucks and all kinds of businesses, including lawn and landscape, ultimately my business isn't going to really grow where I want it to grow with the, either of those trucks, let alone both. So I'm like, I thought to myself, maybe I can trade both of these trucks in for a bigger truck, a bigger and heavy, you know, for a heavy duty truck. Of course, I was thinking about like a Ram 2500 and F250, that whole, you know, that whole category. Um, so I did my research and, you know, I ended up going to the Ram dealer because I already had a Ram 1500 and then I had the F-150 and I, you know, I looked at what they had and the, the, the salesperson, you know, was showing me what they had and we were t- discussing it. And he's like, you know, you could probably just get a 30, a brand new, at the time, this was the end of 2019. Right now it's the end of 2022 for some context. This is the end of 2019. It was November. And they were like, you know, of course, they're trying to get rid of the old so there's room for the new 2020s, right? So they're like, you can get a, a brand new 2019 uh, Ram 3500 for about the same price as a used, you know, a lightly used 2500, you know, like, I don't know if you thought about that, but, you know, with all the rebates and, you know, holiday discounts and everything and all that stuff, like, you can probably end up with a 3,500 and I'm like, well, what's the difference? You know, is it just like payload? Like, you know, like the amount of like suspension or something like the amount of weight you can put in the back or like, what is it? And he was like, yeah, basically, I mean, pretty much the Ram 3,500 is the exact, almost the exact same thing as the Ram 2,500, depending on what engine combinations and stuff you get, of course, but it's basically the same prototype and body style and all that. It's just beefed up suspension, leaf springs, all that. So you can put more payload. You can just fit more, you know, payload is the the passengers in the cab. In addition to whatever weight you put in the truck bed, that's your payload. The amount of weight that's on the tires and the suspension, the frame and all that. So the 3,500 payload is over 7,000 pounds. It's like 7,300 or something pounds, which is insane in my opinion. Uh, for like a non-commercial type truck, a non-dump truck or whatever, a non-dually, you know, um, truck, pickup truck versus the the Ram 2500 at that time anyway, it was a little over 4,000 was the payload. So over 3,000 pound increase, I was like, sign me up. You know, of course there was some other little things that were different, you know, like uh, some, some like engine or transmission things, little components were different things. That I didn't even, it was like a different language to me. I didn't even know what, what those things were or what they meant. Cause I'm not a mechanic. I'm not one of those people. So I'm just like, whatever. So there was a few other things, but the biggest thing was that was that the, the payload. And of course it can tow a little bit more. It can tow like over 17,000 pounds, I believe, versus like 14,000 or 15,000, whatever There's, I think there was less of a difference between the 2,500 tow capacity to the 3,500 tow capacity compared to the payload. There was a bigger difference with the payload than, than the tow capacity. And in and, and either way, I didn't really care. I wasn't ever planning on towing skid steers or, you know, excavators or anything like that. That's not my business model. I'm not a landscaper. I'm a lawn care maintenance provider. So I would never be pulling that much weight, you know, big enclosed trailers filled with a bunch of mowers. That's it. You know, maybe a a big dump trailer at some point filled with mulch or something, you know, would be the heavy or, or dirt or rocks would be the heaviest load. And those won't come anywhere near 17,000 pounds. And even if they do, it'd be short lived. And I would, I, I know that either one of those trucks should, should be fine. Even if it's close to the max tow rating, it wouldn't be like a daily thing. It would be like a, you know, special project situation. That's, that's not like I'm mowing, you know, cutting grass every day, every week is the thing is the services are, is the business. So you're not pulling as much, which is also why I didn't get diesel. I got gas because you're going to be start stopping constantly all day, all week you're not pulling anything too heavy. You're not driving long distances. There's no need to to get diesel. You're not going to get any of the benefits out of the diesel engine. And you're going to have to pay the higher maintenance fees for a specialized mechanic that can work on diesel for, for you to even, for it to even be worth it, you know, just, just cutting grass and doing, you know, lawn maintenance 
services. It's just not worth it. It's it, diesel is meant for for all the long distance driving and towing, you know, hauling big stuff. You know, that that's like landscaping. That's that's what that's really for. So I talked to a lot of people about that that are a lot smarter than me and more experienced than me all over this industry. And that's that's kind of what we all the consensus there. So that's why I got gas as well. So anyway, I ultimately got the, the Ram 3500. Um, they gave me a rebate actually for the F-150 because it's a competitor. So even just owning a competitor and showing them proof of registration, they give you a rebate, but they give you twice as much of a, of a rebate for giving them, you know, the, uh, for trading it in and giving it to them probably for them to just like throw in the trash, right? No, they, you know, they just auction it off or whatever. So gave them the F-150 and the Ram 1500. They basically erased the the payment for the, the like the debt for the Ram uh, 1500. So I wasn't like upside down or anything. So it was like, I was just coming in brand new, fresh and financing the 3500 from scratch. But with everything factored in, even my, my wife and the salesperson were shocked at the value at the deal that I was getting, you know, that my monthly payments and the ultimate total of being financed. They're like, Oh my gosh, like this is, this is a steal. I'm like, thanks. You know, I'm like, you know, give me the keys. Like here I signed it. Boom. Give me, give me my stuff before I, you know, anything happens, like get me out of here. So, so that was the evolution there. And so I've had that Ram 3500 for since 2019. So for the last three years, this you know, last November was the third year anniversary. And I've had that one truck for three years. And through that time frame, I have had some temporary crew leaders that while I was on vacation, they used that truck with the ramp rack set up. If you don't know what that is, check out the link in the episode description, Google, I'm not Google, type in the podcast search ramp rack and you'll be able to see all the podcast episodes that I have talking about it. You can also go on my YouTube channel at Lawn Care Rookie. Link is also in the episode description. And you can uh, check that out and see the videos that I have for the ramp rack so that you can get full context of what it is without me having to explain it every time I mention it on a podcast episode to new folks that maybe have no idea what that is. But that's my go-to setup for mowing. Uh, you know, for eight months out of the year here in, in the Midlothian, Richmond, Virginia area. So it's very easy. You don't have to pull a trailer or anything like that. So I don't have to worry about, you know, <clears throat> any potential issues with employees messing the trailers up and all that, not being experts at pulling trailers. I can just easily just have anyone drive the truck with the setup, with the mowers loaded up in the, in the, in a truck bed and all that stuff. So it's kind of like having like a, um, you know, an Isuzu NPR, like flatbed, you know, dovetail truck or box truck or something. You don't have to, you're not pulling anything. It's just all right attached to the truck. So very, very efficient, convenient. So there was a few times when I went on vacation over the last three years during the, the mowing season where my crew leader at the moment, uh, would just use that truck, you know, and I would just leave everything, you know, get everything set up. And we'd, you know, it was a little tricky because it's just one truck. Right. So, and that, and that was my, only means of transportation personally as well. I never had like a personal quote unquote vehicle. I always had a work truck that I used for personal, right? I had an F-150 that was a nice F-150. It was in good shape. It looked nice. Uh, and it got me, you know, five years into my business, but it was a work truck that I used for personal. Same thing with the Ram 1500. It was a really nice, pretty basic Ram 1500 tradesman work truck that I used also for personal. If I had to go pick up something in the store for, for my family, or uh, we went on vacation one time with, with that truck because we were bringing our bikes to the beach and, um, they, you know, my wife doesn't have a hitch or any way to, uh, we don't have a, the bike rack doesn't, doesn't attach. It's, it's a hitch bike rack. So we had to take, you know, have to take my truck for that or whatever. So, you know, Again, I've used used it a lot for personal, but it was still a work truck. It was a nice work truck. It was still a work truck. And the same thing with the 3500. It's a really nice work truck, also a tradesman with a few extra bells and whistles that they just happen to add to the package, you know, to have it sitting on the parking lot to hopefully entice people to buy it. I could have cared less about those things. That's not what I was looking for, but it's nice to have a couple little extra bells and whistles, like a sprayed in bed liner and, you know, LED bed lights, you know, that come on so you can see inside your bed, you know, at night and stuff like that. Like, you know, little things like that are, are, are cool. A little chrome package, you know, on the, on the, 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 the grill and the handles and all that, like, that's all nice. It makes the truck look a little bit nicer, but that was just extra stuff that they, that the manufacturer threw on there. I could really care less about that. But again, it was a really nice work truck. 
So I've, you know, I never had a personal, a, a nice personal truck that I could use for work. So it was tricky, you know, like I said, with the 3,500 over the last couple of years here where I would have to just coordinate everything, have my wife pick me up and then drop me off, you know, after and all this, all these kind of logistical coordinations just so that my crew could, you know, continue working while I was gone with the one work truck. So they're just putting a lot of eggs in one basket. Um, Excuse me. So I've been laboring over this decision for so long, just wondering, you know, is it, do I get another work truck that I use for personal or do I get a personal truck that I use for work? Because, you know, if I'm being honest, I'm going to be using the truck the majority of the time for everything. I'm going to be using the truck for personal and then also for work, but not as much work as I used to, you know, like if, so the, to have a a second truck means I'm having two crews or one crew on their own. And then me, either me and a part-timer, you know, doing kind of like starting another crew or just me by myself treating yards and doing all the stuff I said previously on this episode, following up, you know, doing estimates, following up with customer service issues, property checks, all that kind of stuff. But, but also all the personal things, all the traveling back and forth around town to home, you know, family things, picking up the kids from school or dropping them off in the morning to school, you know, whatever, whatever the deal is going to help move my daughter in and out of college, all that kind of stuff. My son in and out of college, all those things are personal. And the last thing I want to continue doing is drive my now wrapped work truck as beautiful as it is of a work truck. Driving that all over kingdom come is not good for the mileage on the work truck. Like it's not good for the business to be putting all those unnecessary miles on it, as well as all of the unnecessary, like false advertising of my business all over town and out, out of town and all over the state and all these things, you know, whenever we go, you know, when, when I, if I'm going to, to call to, to my kid's college, you know, like, it's like, what is that going to the drive-in? Like, who are the, you know, Oh, clean cut. What, you know, do you service over here? Like, no, you know, the drive-in's like 45 minutes away and like multiple towns over and counties over. And it's just, while you may stumble upon somebody that's from this area, from your service area in some totally different area, and, and you might gain one customer or something, out of that situation, it's not really as likely. What What's more likely is getting a bunch of calls, emails, or people coming up to you that are not in your service area. And it's like, you're just false advertising. Toro's brand new battery powered revolution series products are changing the lawn care industry with all day runtime from the innovative hypercell battery system. You can expect to power through your entire day, every day. Head to revolution.toro.com to see how Toro is transforming the game with the latest equipment innovations or click the link tree in the episode description to get you there fast. I just really wanted to, I've wanted to separate that for a long time. I avoided wrapping my trucks for a long time also because of that. I didn't want to be driving around town, you know, doing whatever personal or professional outside of my service areas. And then it's like, I'm false advertising. My thing was I keep my enclosed trailer wrapped and has all our contact info and everything. Because when I hook up to that trailer, I'm only going to be working in the service areas. I'm not going to be going you know, driving anywhere out of town with my trailer. Cause that's just not, that, that makes no sense. That's not what I'm doing. I'm only pulling the trailer when I'm working, when I'm servicing lawns in the service area. So I don't need to have my truck wrapped. But what, what changed is when I got the ramp rack and stopped using the trailer, now I have an unmarked truck with a ramp rack, which is extremely noticeable, stands out, eye catching head turner, and no one knows who the heck I am. There's no way, you know, so it's, it's like a great advertising advertisement for my business. Great, you know, great thing to add to my marketing strategy, having the ramp rack and standing out from everyone in my area, but I don't have any way for people to even know who I am. So I'm like, okay, I need to get this truck wrapped. So, I mean, I think, I don't remember how many, you know, how long it was before I did that. Probably not too long, but I just realized that I needed to, to, to go ahead and get my truck wrapped. So at least when we're driving around with the ramp rack all year, people, you know, can identify and, and it works because people are like, Oh, I see your truck everywhere, you know, blah, blah, blah. So 
So that's why I did that. So with that being said, now driving all over the place, people can identify me with the ramp rack and, you know, my truck being wrapped. So they, it's like, anytime I do anything personal, everybody is just like, oh, there's a clean cut guy. Oh, this and that. And I just, I just, I've always been a big fan of separating business and personal. Like I don't want to work for my neighbors, you know, nice enough. My neighbors asked me if I would mow their lawn or give them quotes and I politely declined and gave them some referrals of some bigger companies in the area for, for that reason, because I didn't want to, I want to separate business and personal. I don't want to be connected with my neighbors in that way. It's it can already be challenging, you know, the whole neighbor thing. If they're, you know, all kinds of unnecessary things where you can get into all kinds of uncomfortable situations with your neighbors, right? You know, you know, you don't always, can't always pick your, you can never pick your neighbors, you know, so you can, uh, you can be in some situations sometimes and not have the best relationships with your neighbors for so many different reasons. The last thing I want to do was add to that from a business standpoint, like, oh, they didn't pay me or I wasn't able to get to their yard, you know, today. And, but now, now I'm home chilling with the fam and, the, and their grass is overgrown and it's just awkward. And I don't want that relationship at all. And the second thing is telling people, having a bigger company come and uh, take care of their yard. I can kind of like observe the bigger companies and learn, which is what I've done a lot over the years is learn a lot from the bigger companies, see what they do, how they do it, types of equipment setups. And that's always helped me evolve my business as well as staying connected with all of you guys on social media. And then just my own ideas and trial and error and just figuring stuff out. Um, so I've always just been a big fan, like I said, of separating, you know, church and state, right? Personal and professional, whatever, like the different, you know, sayings there. And this is the same thing with the, with the trucks. You know, I just really want an unmarked truck that I can just do my stuff, my personal stuff with, without feeling like I'm being harassed or false advertising or whatever. And if I need to do stuff for work, I can, right? That's, you know, it, it's not, it's not going to, uh, it's not like I'm getting a, a car as my daily driver. I still have a truck that I can hook up to a trailer and still get stuff done if and when I need to. So that's ultimately what I settled on was getting a personal truck that I can use for work. All this time I've, I've had nice work trucks I've used for personal and, and I've just really wanted a personal for so many years. I've wanted a person, a nice personal truck that I can use for business. Um, so that's what I did. That's what I got. And those of you that have also been following me along, you may remember that my dream truck is a Toyota Tundra. That's always been my dream truck. And that's what I ended up getting was a new to me, meaning it's used. It's a 2019, just like my Ram 1500, but my Ram was brand new in 2019 when I got it. So I got this nice white Toyota Tundra, um, 2019. And it's, it's, you know, it still passes as a really nice work truck, like looking at it because it's white. Of course, it's got some more kind of personal, not business, you know, flair to it, right? It's, it doesn't look like a bare bones work truck. It looks like a really nice truck, really, you know, it's a Toyota Tundra. So if you don't know what that is, then you could just Google that. But Toyota Tundras are sharp. I really like how they look. I've always liked how they look. I've always been a Toyota fan. My first vehicle that I ever owned was a Toyota RAV4. So I've, I've been in the Toyota family since I was 20 or whatever, you know, 19 or 20, whenever I got that. So, um, and, and when I had to, when I had to, uh, trade that in to save money for my fam and, uh, just share my wife's vehicle so that we could, like I said, save as much money as possible for our family, our new growing family. You know, at the time we just had our daughter and we were, you know, trying to save up for a house and things like that. It was, um, you know, it was sad. <laughs> it was sad to, to give that away is, is, is what, what I'm alluding to there. Uh, but you know, it, it was, it was a needed sacrifice for my, uh, early family that was, that was going to grow. So I've been a Toyota fan. I was in, been in the family for way back when, so I've always been anxious to get back into the Toyota family because they make great vehicles. They're not cheap, but they, they, they you know, they're good. They run good. They're great resale value, all that kind of stuff. So it is what it is. Not everybody's a fan of everything. So if you, you, you do or don't like them, it is what it is. But my personal thing is I love Toyota. I like Toyota and I love Toyota Tundra. So that's what I've always wanted to get. 
I finally, after searching and searching and test driving a couple that then sold a day or two after I test drove them because I didn't want to be impulsive and, and get, you know, stuck in that whole, you know, what can we do to make the deal? You know, nonsense, car salesman, gibberish, you know, I just didn't want to rush in anything and they just kept selling and I'm like, what is going on all of a sudden? Like one truck I, I demoed or, or test drove, it was like sitting there for like over a month and had like hundreds of views on, on their website. And right after I test drive it is when it is when it's sold to somebody else. I'm like, what the heck? And then all of a sudden I'm looking every day and the Toyota dealership, I'm refreshing the website. You know, there's like a handful of Toyota dealerships in the, in the, the greater Richmond area. And they're just like selling trucks and then new trucks are coming. Like it just, it just kept, kept recycling. Like there was always like a, a, a few, you know, changes of trucks old one you know i'd see one oh that's a nice one and then the next day before i even got to go test drive it is gone and then and i'm like okay well what new ones oh look here's some new ones and that's the exact same thing that happened to the one that i finally got the white one um i say white one because the other ones were were like uh like gray like different shades of gray like a, a dark charcoal gray and then there's one that was the cement that's like the newer color that i've been seeing a lot with toyota i think jeep has them and maybe some other brands but the cement color, which is like an interesting type gray. I thought that was really unique. I was really down for that one. I just didn't want to make an impulsive decision, but and it sold in a couple of days. I'm like, oh, whatever. I guess it just wasn't meant to be, right? That's how I rationalize everything in my brain. I truly do believe in that, but it's also kind of a rationalization to help keep my sanity. It's like, I mean, there's no sense in laboring over it um, and just feeling guilty and beating yourself up about it. It just is what it is. It just wasn't meant to be. That's, that's, that's how I feel. I mean, there was a F two fifty, a used F two fifty, a really nice used F two fifty. Like it was in really good shape with a gazillion miles on it. And I'm like, what in the heck? It had like, I don't even remember. It, it might've had over, over 200,000 miles. And I'm like, what is going on? And it was like, you know, obviously a really good price because it was, had a lot of miles, even though it was only like two years old. I think it was a 2020 or something. And I was like, man, what is going on with this thing? And this was like in the beginning of this year, I'm like, what is, what is going on with this? I got to go check this out, you know? And I go and it looks phenomenal inside, outside. And then I look in the, in the truck bed and it looks like a, it looks like a mess. And I'm like, okay, what's going on here? And I see that they hooked up a fifth wheel, uh, you know, the uh, gooseneck, trailer hooked on in there and everything. I was like, okay, I think I know what's going on here. Somebody was probably pulling, you know, um, what, what is it called? I can't remember the top of my head. Like, um, I don't remember. You guys probably know what I'm talking about. Hey guys, it's Marty. Let me take a moment and tell you about the ramp rack. This is a pickup insert that eliminates the need to pull a trailer just to haul your equipment. It easily installs on any 1500 to 3500 pickup long or short bed, extending the usable space of your bed by two feet. The ramp rack's most popular model for landscapers is the PU200. It has rear window protection and a removable shelf for push mowers and gas cans. You're going to love this. The ramp and dovetail have a weight capacity of 2,000 pounds. Made in Maryland, it comes powder-coated and, of course, built to last for years. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Head over to therampwrack.com and, of course, save 10% with the promo code LCR. That's therampwrack.com, and, of course, we'll throw the link in the show notes. LCR not only uses the ramp rack, but he gives it his highest endorsement. There's a thing, I forgot what it's called, like a, you know, like a, uh, a category or a description, you know, whatever you, you, a job, you know, where you, 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 you either hook up different trailers or you have your own trailer with your truck that you carry loads of stuff and you just drive it all over the country, you know, like, or wherever you want, you know, I, I've known a couple of people, uh, through social media that do that. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's a different form of trucking versus getting, you know, an 18 wheeler type scenario. You can just get a big old pickup truck, a heavy duty pickup truck, and you can just hook up to trailers and just drive all kinds of stuff, you know, materials, cars, whatever. And you get paid. It's kind of like, you're like a freelancer almost, or, or you could work for a company and do that too. But I'm like, somebody was probably doing that. That's, that's probably what they were doing. That's why there's so many miles on it in such a short amount of time. They had got a brand new F-250 and they were just hauling this stuff everywhere, which probably means the transmission's shot or about to be shot. I test drove it anyway. Seemed a little weird. Like it seemed nice, but at the same time, I 
kept hearing like some ticking, a ticking or a clicking or something. I'm like, what is that? You know? And of course, when you bring it up to the sales guys, they're like, oh, I don't, it's perfectly fine. And you know, if you don't, and there's plenty of people waiting for it. So, I mean, I don't have time for this. If you don't want to, and I'm like, oh, here we go. So I'm like, whatever. And you know, I checked back on it in a couple of days or something and it was gone. I'm like, all right, well, somebody got suckered into that bad boy. So, I mean, anyway, and I just said it wasn't meant to be right. So that's back to the reason why I was saying that, because this has happened many times. Um, cause I think ultimately what was meant to be was for me to find the right, nice personal truck that was going to make me happy, make me feel like I've achieved a goal that I've had for many years and that will achieve my personal family goals as well as still be able to help my business professionally when I need to, you know, hook up to the trailer and things like that. Um, so that, you know, it, I think all the stuff led me to that, to the, to find this, this, you know, white, which still matches my, my whole theme. Like most work trucks are white these days, contractors and, and landscapers and stuff. So that still matches. So it's not like it's like red or something. It might just kind of look odd potentially when I'm hooking up to my white trailer with the green logos and all that. But so it all, it all fits in there, but it still has its nice personal flair. So that's what I got. That's my decision on there. My thinking behind that. So right now it's kind of like my daily driver until we get back into the season because we're, you know, we're in January here, about to be in January and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's the slowest time of year. January is literally the worst month for anyone that works outside in the Richmond Midlothian area because there's just nothing going on. There's not, there's no snow or very little snow this time of year, um, to do anything with and it's just, but it's cold and nothing's growing. There's just nothing to do. Uh, the ground's either frozen or mushy and it's, it's, it's just very challenging depending on what you're doing. It's very challenging depending on what services you offer. That is, it's, it's challenging. So we do whatever we can to get through these kind of slower times, especially the month of January. I have an episode talking about that. If you want to go back in the archives there and find that, I think it's something, something tied along the lines of um, what to do with your employees over the winter or something like that. So I, I gave some insight on there. Um, having like a 12 month, you know, contract or in my case, a billing agreement. I'll go into that into another episode of what my, some of my changes that are going to be for 2023. But if you're billing 12 months out of the year, at least, you know, you still have cash flow coming in. So even if you're not necessarily doing a whole bunch of um, new billable work, you know, um, you're still, you're still billing um, for, the work throughout the year that's just been divided out by 12 months. So you're still getting that cash flow for the month uh, of January and February, whatever, you know, for the slower months, even though you're not necessarily doing as much of that work in those months. And it all balances out, right? Because we all know in July and August, it's going to be knee deep and all kinds of stuff. It's going to be super hot. We're in tons of lawns to mow or whatever, you know, services you offer, spraying weeds, you know, go into aeration and seeding in, in, you know, end of August, early September and do that through the fall and you're still mowing and then now you're fertilizing and it, it, it's crazy, you know, and then, you know, you're working from sun up to sundown and then you have daylight savings and you get closer to the winter and, and that the, the, uh, the, the, the daylight hours, you know, shrink and you have less time to get stuff done. And so, I mean, it all balances out, honestly, you know, like right now when it's slower, that's like a time for us to catch our breath and refocus on some things, recap about the previous year and plan for the, for the next year and, you know, get all our equipment and storage and shops and trailers and trucks and employees all cleaned up, trained, ready to go, um, you know, maintenance and all that and come up with all your plans and be ready to hit the ground running in the spring before the spring rush hits. So you can be ready. So that's, that's another way that I didn't mention in the previous episode that, that a lot of folks go, a lot of other companies go is to have uh, the 12-month contract. So at least, you know, you have money still coming in. You still don't necessarily have a ton of work for your employees, but you have some work and you still are continuing to get the cash flow. So that's another thing there. But personally, a lot of my customers don't like contracts. So that's why I've stayed away from them for a while. There's a lot of pros and cons to that, so on and so forth. But I do agreements it's a little bit different. Again, I'll go into this in more detail in a future episode in January when we talk about, you know, my, my plan, when I talk about my plans for the new year and so on. Um, but anyway, 
Yeah. So right now, like I said, it's 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 just my daily driver at this point because I'm not need. I don't have a need for two trucks right this minute. But come February, when we start doing mulch and getting ready for the you know the spring rush in March, we'll 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 have both trucks in action. I'll be doing my thing. My crew leader will be doing his thing with the uh, the Ram 3500, and we'll we'll hit the ground running. So I'm I'm excited for new things. I'm excited to to finally have a consistent crew leader. You know. Um, uh, God, God willing, uh, everything stays that way and everyone stays safe and healthy and we just keep getting after it and, uh, we can start the season strong and I can, um, put these two trucks to work, uh, and, and, and still have my own personal vehicle that I can just come home and completely be separated from my business and not see my clean cut lawn care truck sitting out in front of my house every day. As cool as that might be, it's just, I just want and need that separation. I mean, I've had annoying neighbors come up to me and ask me about lawn care stuff because they see, you know, see my stuff. And I'm just like, oh, I just want a complete separation. It's just the way I'm wired. I know there's other people like that out there. It's perfectly fine if you don't care and you want to mow all your neighbor's yards. That's it's fine. I, you know, to each their own. Everybody has their own business and their own um, things that they will and will not tolerate and do. And that's fine. It, it, everything doesn't always work for every person. So that's just what I do and how I feel. And that's what I'm sticking to. So that's it. That's my, my second truck is the old Toyota Tundra there. It's not old, really. It's only a couple of years, like I said, 2019. So it's only three years old, but it's in really good shape. I really like it. It's got more than I would have asked for if I were to get a brand new one from the, from the, uh, the dealer. But I'm happy to have extra stuff uh, with it being a personal truck. It'll be nice to be able to play around with some of the extra things and just just have these extra conveniences, you know, in my personal life when I'm going, when I'm traveling, going on vacations, doing stuff with the fam and and just doing stuff personally, traveling for social media or whatever, like all the above. It's it's going to be a good time. Maybe I'll hit the beach this summer and do some 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 off road and and some of the uh, North Carolina beaches. But uh always been wanting to do that too, but I don't want to be rolling down there with my clean cut lawn care ramp rack truck and bottom out in the sand somewhere, you know, like I'd rather just have my personal four by four truck and just get after it and then get back and hose it all down and start over the next day. You know, that's, those are the kind of fun things that I want to do that I've just been really focused on business all this time that I haven't really allowed myself some of those extra freedoms to do that stuff. So trying to continue moving in the right direction trying to be happy and excited for myself, but my DNA just makes it difficult to uh, accept gifts and be happy about stuff like that. I always get buyer's remorse and blah, 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 but it is what it is. That's just the way I'm wired. So I just got to be happy and I'm excited. I'm definitely excited because I, I, I can't wait for February so I, we can do twice as much work and I don't have to be locked in to that one truck all the time for everything. I can kind of get out of my business's way so that my business can continue to grow without me having to do everything in it. And I can work more on it and not in it. This is like a goal that so many people probably have or should have if they're trying to grow their business, unless they just want to be solo owner operator for, for, you know, as long as possible, that's fine too. Uh, But if you're trying to grow beyond that, you got to get out of, out of the way, you got to get out of your business's way. Because you're the one that's kind of the bottleneck for your business growing if you are trying to grow it. So by, you know, biting the bullet and finally getting a second truck, because, you know, I just could never find a consistent crew leader. So I would just always justify there's no point in getting a second truck if, uh, you know, there's no one else to drive it, which is facts, you know, but uh, might as well just save the money or reinvest it in other things, which I did, you know, more mowers, things like that. So I've got everything I need, like I said on a previous episode, to be ready for two crews I just need to get after it now. You know, now I just, now the spring's coming and we're going to hit the ground running. going to hire a couple part-timers. Hopefully I can find some good ones. I'm getting a lot of good applications. So obviously I don't have them hired yet. So hopefully that will all come through and we'll, we'll be, we'll be getting after it. So I'm excited for that for sure. And, uh, I look forward to sharing all of that along the way. I'm sure there'll be some hiccups. I'm sure it won't go perfectly. Nothing ever does. It's all learning experience and, I look forward to it as painful as it may, may be at, at, at times. It is what it is. It, it makes us stronger. It helps us grow. I mean, you know, you go to the gym and you lift weights or you do whatever kind of exercises you do. And it could be, it could potentially be painful as long as you don't injure yourself. It's 
uncomfortable, it's painful, that's how your muscles grow. You break it down, then they recover over the next couple of days. Make sure you eat and sleep healthy, and they, they grow bigger and stronger. So that's that's the whole point. So um, you just gotta you just you just gotta keep moving forward. So that's what I'm doing, and I'm excited. Uh, so hopefully this is everything that um that that you guys any questions that you guys had with you know trucks and my new purchase and what it is and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure I'll, you know, post it on social media at some point when I feel a little bit better about it. And, you know, I, I just, I don't want to be like that person that's like, Oh, look at this new truck. Look at that. Oh, I'm cool. Like if anything, I'm just trying to motivate other people like, Oh dang, man. Like, yeah, the, you know, good for him. I got to do what I got to do to get to that point, you know, or whatever. Like if anything, that's really all, all, all it's, about, but I just feel like people think it's like gloating or something. So I, I really kind of avoid that stuff. I don't sh- even show a whole lot of pictures of my, any of my trucks. It's just more about my equipment and the work that I do and my setup and stuff like that, you know, just so that help inspire people with their business. So I'm sure I'll eventually get over it and post my new truck so you guys can see it. But in the meantime, it, it is, it, you know what the truck is because I told you and, and, and my mindset behind it and, and so on and so forth. And I'm sure I will need another truck again as I continue to grow at some point. When I have two full-blown crews, I'm not going to just use my Toyota Tundra as the the five-day-a-week second crew truck. Not not at all. That's going to continue to be my personal truck that I can still use for work, like treating yards or whatever the deal is. But at that point, I will have to get an, a, a second work truck that I will not use for personal. It will just be, be a dedicated work truck like the Ram 3500 now is a dedicated work truck. I no longer need to use that truck for anything personal. I have my own personal truck that I can use for work. So I think I beat this uh, this topic, you know, more than enough. I think I got, got the point across. So I'm excited for new beginnings and new growth. Uh, hopefully you guys are focusing on some of that yourselves. Um, and also enjoying the holidays, like I've said many times over the previous episodes. Um, and yeah, so continue to do that. Have safe and happy holidays. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to the Toro Company for sponsoring the LCR Media Podcast. And until the next episode, this is the Lawn Care Rookie signing off. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.